So, you know, one of the things that's happened over the last couple of years is because of COVID, I, I think it was on its way, according to most of the things that I've read online, is that worry and anxiety was just going up. And, and, and I think over the last couple of years, it's just gotten a little bit bigger. It's, it's gotten a little bit more pronounced. It, it's started to happen, I think, in a lot of ways for teenagers especially, related to social media and just the anxiety they feel. One, one of the things, as I've processed it with, with our kids about just as they're moving into social media and phones, is that when I was in high school, if I missed out on a party on Friday night, I didn't find out about it until Monday. And then I found out on Monday that I wasn't cool enough to get invited to that thing or I didn't know the right person. But now you're reminded in the moment that you didn't get invited to something. Just like it, it, as you watch your friends on social media, maybe you're reminded in the moment that they're on vacation and you're not. Or that great feeling when, when you're reminded in the moment that somebody's eating great food and you are just eating chicken nuggets off of your kid's plate. And so it, it, over the years, we've started to see as worry and anxiety have started to go up. And the thing is, is all of us have something that keeps us up at night. All of us have something that is very close, near and dear to our hearts that keeps us up at night. And the things that we do during the day, I don't think actually help us to sleep at night when it comes to our worry and anxiety. I mean, think for a moment how much your blood pressure goes up when you scroll through social media and look at the news. Now, not by a show of hands, but how many of you, when you listen to like political radio, feel better? <laughs> now, most of us go, I mean, no matter which side of the aisle you fall on, you listen to political radio and you think, what is the other side thinking? And then your blood pressure, your heart rate goes up. And so for many of us, over the last couple of years, as we've walked through this political climate, as we've walked through COVID, we have just seen our worry and anxiety go up. Now, worry is incredibly powerful. It is a very powerful emotion. Worry runs deep in so many of us. And all of us, I mean, if we're honest, all of us worry about something on some level. And some of us worry a lot more than other people, but all of us worry on some level. Even the people who just try to act as carefree as possible, there's something inside them that they worry about. And worry, what it does is it reveals a few things. It reveals what's important to us. Okay, the people that we worry about reveal that we care about them. That's a good thing. It reveals that we love somebody. It reveals that somebody's important to us. It reveals that we care about something. Worry reveals as well whose opinion matters to us. Because as we worry about what other people think, we're, we're showing, hey, it really matters what that person thinks. Now, there's a couple of things that I think are important that we see in Scripture and we, and, and we see in a, a couple of other places outside of Scripture, is that fear and worry are connected but not the same. Fear and worry are connected and not the same. Anxiety and worry are connected, but they are also not the same. Many times we'll use them interchangeably, but worry and anxiety are, are different. Worry is something that often will happen mostly in our heads, while anxiety is something that is felt deeply in our bodies. But worry is incredibly powerful. Worry is something that maybe potentially some, at some point this past week, you laid in bed and just stared at the clock or just stared at your phone and you couldn't stop thinking about that thing. Worrying about the conversation to come. Worrying about that health screening that you have. Worrying about the interview that's coming up. Worrying about the college that you applied to, 
worrying about getting the loan for the college that you apply to, worrying about whether or not you'll be able to finally buy a house. Will other people stop outbidding you? You're just worrying about all of these different things. We worry about kids and the world that they're going to grow up in. We worry about aging parents. We worry about whether or not we'll have enough money for retirement. And many of us think, at least I do at different times in my life, think, you know, I, sh- I should worry less than I do. Or we'll do something like this. We'll beat ourselves up and say, I should worry less because my life isn't so bad. But that doesn't help because the reality is, is that we still worry. And what's interesting is, so last week we started a series called Questions Jesus Asked. And it might surprise you, but Jesus had a lot to say about worry. And he has a really powerful question that we're going to look at today in the Sermon on the Mount. Now, in, the, in this series, what we're looking at is a lot of us talk about things we'd like to ask Jesus. But Jesus asked over 300 questions in the Gospels. And those questions, what he's trying to do is he's trying to help us get beneath the surface of some of the things that we deal with, some of the things that we struggle with. And so the question that Jesus asks is very simple that we're going to see today. It's just this. Why do you worry? Why do you worry? Why is it that you carry worry in your life? Now, the thing is, when it comes to worry, is that we actually don't ever really ask ourselves why we're worrying about something. Maybe a friend will say to you, hey, like, is that really going to happen? And our response to them is that's not helpful because it might happen. And, and so Jesus says, why is it that you worry? Now, I want you to imagine for a moment. I want you to imagine, regardless of what you believe about Jesus, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I mean, almost everybody, you know, historians agree that Jesus lived and, and what Jesus taught. But I want you to imagine that you're sitting with Jesus and you're sharing with him the things that keep you up at night. It could be financial. It could be your kids. It could be a broken relationship. It could be a conversation that you're about to have with somebody this week. And Jesus looks at you and says, why do you worry about that? Now, my first response would be, obviously, I didn't explain it well enough. So let me try it again. That would be my first response. But he says, why do you worry? And you might backpedal, get a little defensive, you know, and try to show, no, like, this is something that you should actually worry about, Jesus. Like, I don't know if you were listening. But then what he says in the passage that we're going to look at today in Matthew 6 is, but what does your worry add? Does it add anything? Now, depending on your personality and background, and depending on your connection to optimism or pessimism, your answer might be something like, my worry adds a lot because I'm still alive. But he says, but what does it add? And the reason I think this question is important is because we don't evaluate our worry. We don't evaluate it. We don't evaluate what it reveals. We don't evaluate what it says that's happening underneath the surface of our hearts. And Jesus wants to get underneath the surface of our hearts and underneath the surface of our worries because worry is not just an emotion, okay? Worry reveals an allegiance that we have. It reveals a loyalty in our hearts. It reveals things that we hold precious, things that we hold tightly, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, that worry reveals our focus. 
Worry reveals our focus. Worry has a way of revealing the things that we spend the most time thinking about. Now, here's the thing, as we're going to see. Everything that you and I worry about are all good things. We worry about good things. We worry about safety and security and comfort. We worry about losing control. We worry about being able to provide for our family. We worry about relationships and being alone. We worry about things that are good. But they reveal our focus. And and so in Matthew 6, it's in the middle of what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest recorded teaching that we have of Jesus. And in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, what Jesus is trying to show is he's trying to tell his followers, this is what it looks like in the kingdom of God. This is what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God with Jesus as king. And so as we read through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus is trying to show us this is the focus of the kingdom of God. And as a follower of Jesus, Jesus is our king. This is, and this is so crucial as we're going to look at this passage today, that Jesus is saying, this is what it looks like to focus solely on Jesus as king. And this is what it says in Matthew 6, verse 19. We read it a, a few minutes ago. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither, neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters since either he will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, before we get to worry, before what we do with our worry... Jesus talks about treasure because our treasure and our worries are deeply connected to each other. The things that we worry about are often the things that we treasure. But here's why treasure matters. Because treasure always gets our heart. Our heart always goes where our treasure is. Our heart in scripture means the core of who we are. It means, the, it means what makes up the center of us, our, our deepest identities. And our hearts often revolve around a person or a thing. They revolve around the next big thing, the next promotion. They revolve around the, the dream house. They revolve around the dream vacation. They revolve around a healthy body. We treasure all kinds of things. If we did a poll here, we'd... Many of us would say, well, you know, I, I treasure, you know, my, my kids having more than I did growing up. I treasure not being alone when I die. I, I treasure a dream vacation. I treasure a new car. If you're a teenager, maybe you treasure the new iPhone. We treasure all kinds of things. If you're a parent of young kids, you treasure a nap. We treasure promotions. We treasure good things. We treasure good things. And the thing is, this is important, because in our treasure, we get so focused on treasuring the thing, on treasuring the gift that God has given to us, instead of treasuring God who's given us the gift. We spend all of our time focusing on the thing, instead of focusing on the treasure of who God is. Here's a few more. Many of us treasure what people think of us. We may say we don't. 
But there's somebody in your life whose opinion matters very, very much to you. And it runs a lot of things for you. It matters what that person has to, has to say. Some of us treasure power running the room. Right? We can walk into a room and we, and we know who has the power. We know where the power resides in every meeting that we're in. And we treasure having that power. We treasure being told that we're the smartest person in the room. Some of us treasure independence. We treasure the ability to not need anybody. And your life, your life story is all about making sure you are not dependent on somebody else. You work hard to make that happen. You make enough money to try to make that happen because you are not going to be dependent on anybody because no one is ever going to pull the rug out underneath you. Some of us treasure pleasure and getting everything we can out of life. We just treasure good experiences. I had a friend tell me one time, he said, Josh, I just try to fill my life with as many good experiences as possible. And then he sat there and he got really quiet. And I said, well, why is that? He said, because I just don't want to be sad. And so we treasure good experiences. Now, is that wrong? That's not wrong to treasure good experiences. But if we never have the moment where we're able to feel sad, we actually will struggle to feel a fullness of joy. Some of us treasure security. Knowing we'll be safe, knowing we'll be taken care of. I had a friend tell me one time, he said, Josh, I did the Dave Ramsey plan. I built up six months of savings. I said, man, that's amazing. He said, you know, I, he said, I didn't do it because Dave Ramsey told me to or anybody else told me to or is the right thing to do. He said, Josh, I did it because I don't know if on the rainy day, if God will show up with an umbrella. Now, here's the thing. I want you to think for a moment what you treasure. Because here's, here's what I know about your treasure and I know about mine. The thing that you treasure, somewhere in your life, somewhere in your story, you were told it mattered, either by someone you respected and loved, or because you didn't have it. Many of us treasure security because we didn't grow up with something. We wondered, our family grew up, raised us, and we didn't know where our next meal would come from. We didn't have enough money. So growing up, we learned to, to treasure security. Many of us, if you treasure your independence, somewhere in your life, you learned there's people I can't count on. Maybe if you were raised all alone and you came home and there was nobody home when you got home, slowly you started to, you, to treasure dependence of other people. You wanted to be around other people. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Our treasure, our treasure is deeply connected to something in our story. It's deeply connected to something in our story. So here's the question for you. What do you treasure? What matters most to you? What gets your heart? What gets your attention? What gets your energy? Is it security? Independence? Relationships? Is it your kids? Is it family? career, promotion? What is it that you treasure? See, and the thing is, as many of us, we treasure really good things. And that's what's hard about it. We treasure good things. Now, here's what Jesus isn't saying. Jesus isn't saying that it's wrong to enjoy things. Jesus isn't saying that it's wrong to have money. Jesus isn't saying that it's even wrong to have stuff. He's not saying it's wrong to have a rainy day fun. He's not saying it's wrong to have life insurance. In fact, Scripture is really clear 
that we should have wisdom, that we should plan for the future, that we should make sure that we are taking care of those entrusted to us. But what Jesus is getting at, though, is that those things, when put in the wrong spot, can consume us. Those things, when given too much of an elevation, can become our masters. Slowly, relationships can be the driving force of your life. Security can be the driving force of your life. And slowly, a spouse, a boss, the next promotion slowly becomes the God that we worship instead of the God who gives life. And here's the thing. Whatever your treasure is, there's a good chance that that's the thing that you lay in bed at night worrying about. Because our worries reveal our focus. Our worries reveal what is getting our attention. Our worries reveal our focus. So Jesus says, this is, what, this is how we handle it. He says, therefore, I tell you. He says, therefore, because we have stuff and God in its proper place, this is the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount, of making sure we focus on Jesus as king, having Jesus in the proper place, the focus of our life. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now, just stop there for a second. Just look at those words in verse 25. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will wear. Now, do you have a worry that falls outside of that? No, Jesus in his wisdom and grace said, don't worry about your life. That's everything. That's what we worry about. Isn't your life more than food and, and, and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Here's the thing. I'll speak for my, my own. One of my struggles, one of the reasons that I worry is because I know that this verse is true. I know that God cares for me. I know that God loves me. I know that God will provide for me. I know that in my head, but yet I will sit there and go, God, I'm just not sure sometimes. And that's my battle. That's, that's my battle of worry. Where I wonder, and, and just being totally honest, I wonder if God cares about the things and the people that I care about as much as I do. And you might too. That's why I worry. Because I wonder, does God really care for me as much as more than the animals? More than the birds of the air? I, I, I know that, here's something that sounds silly. And you may find this silly. But this is one reason for me that I, I don't like to read books about uh, pain or suffering. Like I, when I read through the Bible in a year, I really don't like it when I get to Lamentations and Job. Do you know, do you know why? because I'm worried that God's going to send something into my life that I'm going to have to apply what I'm reading. Isn't that silly? You can judge me if you want, but the, like, that's, that's my worry. Like, I, I, I worry that I will experience some kind of hardship and I will have to apply what I'm reading. And do you know why? Because, and, and this is what worry is, worry reveals the battleground for our faith. 
So when we worry, and you're going to worry and I worry, here's what I worry about. I worry about, is God good? That's what I worry about. Is God good? You may worry about, will God provide? Will God take care of me? Will God heal me? You may worry about, will God give me grace and forgive me? But what worry does is it not only reveals our focus, but worry also reveals the battleground for your faith and the place that you need to enter into a deeper trust with God. And so for me, I read through this passage and I go, yeah, man, I, you know, I believe that, that God provides for me. But then I wonder. Verse 27, can anyone, can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. So Jesus asked, why do you worry? So why do you worry? I've told you why I worry. Why do you worry? What is it that you focus on that causes you to worry? What is your worry revealing about your heart cry? Do you worry that God will show up? Do you worry like my friend that if a rainy day comes that God may not show up with an umbrella? Do you worry that you might be alone? See, again, when we worry, we're saying this matters. This person, this thing, this is important. See, here's the interesting thing. When Jesus asks, why do you worry? He doesn't tell us that it's necessarily wrong. He doesn't scold us. He doesn't berate us. He just asks us to consider why we worry. And that's the question for us. Why do you worry? Jesus stands on this hillside. And he says, look at the birds, look at the flowers, look how beautiful they are, look how free they are. Your father cares more for you than these. Do you know one of the reasons that I think a lot of us worry? Is because we don't believe that our heavenly father cares. It's one of the reasons we worry. I mean, think for a moment. Do you freely bring your worries to your heavenly Father in prayer? Do you bring them all? Do you bring all of the really dark ones? Like the, really, the ones that you, just, that you won't even say out loud to anybody. That you just, have a, you just think, I should not even think this. Do you bring that worry to your heavenly Father? 
If you don't, my guess is it's because we struggle to believe Jesus' words that our Heavenly Father cares. So Jesus wants us to do a couple of things, I think. Jesus wants us to, to really evaluate why we worry. It's a question that we don't spend a lot of time on. Some of our worries are legitimate, are deep, and some of our worries, if we're honest, are, are just silly. They're just silly. But they all matter. They all matter. And Jesus says, don't worry, because your heavenly Father knows what you need. And so for me, just speaking from my own life, the crux of my worry many times is I don't think that God will give me what I want. But you know what? Jesus doesn't promise that my heavenly Father will give me what I want. <laughs> and that's, that's where my worries hit in. And maybe yours do too. Jesus says your heavenly Father knows what you need. And I love the way that this closes because if there's one worry that I have, it's about imagining the things that will happen. I love verse 34. Because maybe you, like me, have laid in bed at night and imagined conversations that you will have, arguments that you will have, arguments that you will win, emails that you will send responses to tomorrow at work and, and totally knock people, and people be like, oh my goodness, like. And this verse is for you, if that's you, because this is me. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. See, for me, one of the things that, as I've thought about this verse over the years, and the nights where I just lay there in the darkness and, and my head just gets louder. I just replay things and I start to think about things that are coming up and I start to think about conversations. And, and I, I mean, I imagine whole conversations. I don't know if you do this. I imagine whole conversations with people. But in that moment of just praying and giving that to God and saying, God, I give this over to you. Asking, help me to let this go. Help me to trust that you will give me what I need. So Jesus asked, why do you worry? What does it add to your life? What is it that you're focusing on? Because we worry about important things. We worry about things that matter. But do we trust that God is good? Do we trust that our Heavenly Father will give us what we need? See, in the kingdom of God, as Jesus is our king, Jesus is our focus, what he's saying is your heavenly father knows and you can trust that he is good. You can trust that he is good. You can trust that he has you and everybody and everything that you're worrying about in his hands. And I love Jesus' grace in this. Jesus' grace is not, he doesn't berate us. He doesn't say, you know, I, I can't believe you guys still worry about stuff. 
He just says, why do you worry? What does it add? And so here's my invitation as we, as we close. We're going to sing a song. Just a simple, simple anthem we've sung numerous times. It just says, all we need is you, Jesus. And it's just a reminder. And so as we do, here's what, how I want us to close. I want us to just take a moment. I want to invite you to just take a deep breath. Whether you're here or online, I want to invite you just to close your eyes for a moment. And the things that you worry about, the things that, you've, that you carried in today, I want to invite you to just give them over to your Heavenly Father. It may be the first time you've ever done that. It may be the first time that you've ever said, God, I give these to you. I give this person to you. I give this situation to you. Just take a moment right where you are, and then I'll close. Father, I thank you that you know what we need. Father, I thank you that you know what kept each one of us up last night. And Father, I thank you that the thing that kept us up last night, you care about. You care about it because you care about us. You care about it because you love us. You care about it because you are a good father who loves his children. And God, I thank you that you don't berate us for our worries. You don't berate us for the things that we think about. But I pray that we would take the invitation that we would enter into to ask, why do I worry? What do I treasure? And that we would evaluate what we focus on. Because we focus on things that don't last. We focus on things that are important, but we don't always focus on the things that are eternal. so in the quietness of this moment, Father, we give to you our worries. We give to you the things that we carry, the things that are hard, and we let them at your feet. And as we sing this last song, as we just remind ourselves, as we remind our head and our hearts that truly all we need is you. In your name, amen.